Hey, welcome to Authen Felicity. I'm your host, Felicity Bean, and I'm thrilled to be building an online community based on inclusivity, honesty, and shameless expression. As I embark on my nomadic travels, reshaping my worldly views, unlearning rigid beliefs, and embracing an open mindset, I'll be sharing my authentic journey, embracing both the ebbs and flows. My goal is to motivate, inspire, and empower you, while also learning from the mistakes that have shaped me and continue to do so. Throughout this journey, I'll be engaging with interesting people I meet from around the globe, some of whom share similar mindsets, while others may challenge my world beliefs. I warmly invite you to join this community, where I believe we are all teachers as well as students, and all I ask in return is for you to come as you are and keep an open mind. Welcome to Authen Felicity. Got one life, I won't regret it. I will fight until I get it. I'll look back one day from heaven and say, damn, I learned some lessons. And say, damn, I had no questions. I had fun in every second and the journey was a blessing, yeah. So this was a very informal chat. We did no introductions. So today I will be speaking with Joe. Joe is my partner. We are in a polyamorous relationship, which no doubt we will be speaking more of in up and coming podcasts. And we've been traveling and exploring the world together for the past 10 months, traveling as what new age people would call us as digital nomads. So now with an improv intro done, let's begin. So just a little heads up, uh, we are recording this podcast in a lovely little vegan restaurant here in San Cristobal, as so often many of our chats are spontaneous like this. However, during the time of this recording, there was a religious festival partaking where the people of San Cristobal quite literally take pride and try and outnoise each other. So there are a few bangs in the background of this audio. We could have re-recorded, but then it wouldn't have been as authentic. And we quite literally would have been falling victim to what this podcast is all about. People pleasing. So onto the podcast and on how not to be a people pleaser in relationships. So Joe, I just said, why didn't we just record that whole conversation we had and put it on a podcast? Yeah, and what I thought was, it was quite a personal conversation. And I think part of it as well is that we've talked about it now in theory. Mm. And now comes the hard part of actually putting it into practice and doing it. And once we've done that, we can then be the example of it. And we can talk about our experience in retrospect and say what we've done and how it's worked for us and how it hasn't. Yeah, and the reason I'm recording it now is because this can be kind of like accountability partner. <laughs> the world can be our accountability partners. I love that. So we were just having a conversation about, well, it started on the topic of people pleasing, which will be a whole separate podcast. Probably many, because there is so much to delve into with people pleasing. It's deep. Very, very deep. Could even be back to childhood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and past, you know, past lives. Past you know, life. Genetic coding, we've probably got people pleasing. It's, it's exactly. Part- like we were just speaking about the, the gender difference in people pleasing. And one example being that perhaps females are so ingrained to think of other people first because it's it's what we've always been told to take care of our family, our children, our partners, be doubting wise, doubting others. Yeah, so as women, I think it's always been quite ingrained into us that we are the, the feminine, the empathetic, the ones that 
take care of perhaps the man who's seen in old, in like very prehistoric beliefs, mention, show emotion, have emotion. So it should be down to the women to be so empathetic that we can cater to the man's needs without the man even expressing what he's even, he even wants. We just know by picking up on your energy. And to be selfless. Like, I think that's definitely a thing that's ingrained within what it means to be a mother. Mm. Um, and I, I guess for women, that makes it more challenging because throughout life, you then have this subconscious belief that you are always putting yourself second. And I think that when you're not putting yourself first, you're not in a position to show up for the other people that are priorities in your life. Right. When you put yourself first and you make yourself your first priority, which is what we've been listening to and talking about here, you aren't as able to show up for other people because your cup is not full. Exactly. The want... whole cup. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I just yeah, so like, it's, it's a cliche, but if you want your... If you want to be able to give you need to have a full cup so that it's overflowing and it's spilling out to people rather than sharing from a pool of scarcity and, and not oh, enough that was a good little analogy at the end I'm glad i didn't interrupt you there you could hear that <laughs> juicy <laughs> juicy insight Just nugget a little nugget me and jay do this often we um we laugh about uh, because i i get triggered or have been triggered a lot by being interrupted because i think i come from a family where everyone's sort of fighting over each other to talk and someone who perhaps has trouble and needs a little bit of time to think about what she needs to say or wants to say as soon as I get interrupted it's like I go back in my shell and I forget so um yeah we try we really try not to interrupt each other but sometimes um we, we do it out of a place of we're just so excited <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay right um also all these bangs Joe what is the day today in Mexico it's, um okay I think it's a, a tradition specific to here in San Cristobal. Mm. There's like a, a saint, like Jesus Cristo or something, something, and they've got like a five-day ceremony. And at this point, they try and make it as loud as possible, <laughs> like who can make the most noise. Right. And like sometimes they'll be doing it at 7 a.m. in the morning. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so there is no good time to record this podcast, really. I mean, they're doing the opposite of people-pleasing. <laughs> yeah. They're people-pissing off. <laughs> people <laughs> they're putting themselves out. We shouldn't complain, really. Yeah, take but up space. Take Make noise. Make noise. Love it. So this podcast that we were just listening to basically said, uh, who was it between Lewis? Uh, it was, yeah, so Lewis Howes was a guest on The Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett. Amazing. And they were basically saying that in relationships, when discussing with a partner their needs they are their first need number one is their health that's their first priority their partner is not their first priority their health is their partner is not even their second priority because once they've taken care of their health they're then able to take care of their purpose and their mission and their aspirations however you want to put that in terms of your godly mission or your spiritual mission or your life's purpose whatever it means to you that and and then their partner's their third because once they've shown up for the health they have this energy they have this life force they're able to then put this into practice put this into their purpose um get more life force energy thus able to put this into a meaningful longevative relationship <laughs> i'm not sure that's a word but it is now yeah and it, it it always comes down to people pleasing and lewis howells was saying how in previous relationships he was always trying to keep the peace he was always mm. trying to make the other person happy he was always at, and doing it the detriment of his own purpose and his own health and that wasn't sustainable and he said at any moment he could have left those relationships but he didn't because mm. he, again this is people pleasing like we don't want to we don't want someone else to dislike us or we don't want to make someone else unhappy which is a great trait and links to the point that we'll talk about with empathy and compassion mm. where we can sometimes be over perhaps over empathetic not, not compassionate enough mm. to ourselves Exactly. Too empathetic to others and not compassionate to ourselves. 
Yeah. Should we talk a bit about that? Like the difference between compassion and empathy? Yeah, sure. So like my understanding for a long time, I was an empath and I didn't realize it really. I didn't realize why I was always feeling so emotional and so drained and overwhelmed. And I was like, but what's actually going on in my life that's making me feel this way? Couldn't put my finger on it. And when I realized actually I'm taking on other people's emotions and they're not even mine to carry, it was actually, it got as bad as I would watch... (laughs) I would watch shows such as EastEnders, <laughs> which Joe now knows that since, what was it, since like December or no, November, maybe the, December. yeah, mid, mid-December of 2022, I went cold turkey, um, probably not the best pan as a vegan, I went cold, cold tofu, cold tofu. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I went cold tofu and just stopped watching EastEnders because I realised that actually sometimes when I watched it and something happened to another character, I carried that pain. Like, what was that? Like, I felt that. And afterwards, I kind of tried to see it as like a superpower. I'm empathetic. It's great. It means that I'm able to tune into other people's emotions and I'm able to navigate them and help them. But then I didn't realize that was such a detriment to myself because when people asked me how I was, I don't, I didn't know. I knew how I was feeling, but I had no idea where those feelings were coming from. And sometimes I just felt overwhelmed with so many feelings. So then there was this idea of compassion, which I think you and your mum have really helped to show me what this means. And maybe you can explain that because your family is so compassionate and so unconditionally loving that really by being around you and your mum for the past like month, well, a few months ago, <laughs> um, really helped me to, helped a lot, a lot of unlearning was done there. So yeah, mm. compassion, what is that to you? Yeah, like well, as far as I'm aware, compassion from like the root of the word, the etymology is like, is the sharing of of passion, like it's shared passion or or shared emotion. And I think that, I guess, I I don't know, I think the the difference for me, like I I like to think of it as an analogy maybe, is like if you're on a boat and somebody falls into the water and they're like splashing around like, oh my God, I'm drowning, this is absolutely terrible. Oh my gosh, like... Titanic. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like one response would be, um, which you could, I guess, link to empathy would be jumping in the water and going, oh, my God, we're both in such terrible... I'm with you. I'm here struggling as well. <laughs> but I think compassion would be seeing that person in the water and being like, wow, that person is struggling. Like, from where I am now, I want to help them. Mm-hmm. And then throwing them a lifeline and saying, you know, you you can do this and bringing them back up. So for me, I think that's it. Is being compassionate towards someone is understanding their feelings and being... I guess it contains an aspect of empathy, like being sort of empathetic, but not so empathetic that you are... um... Pathetic. Ooh, I love that. Like another analogy that pops in my head is like, and you could link this to a relationship. Like I'm sure some people have experienced this where in a relationship you might be you might be stuck and you might be people-pleasing and not wanting to leave, even though you know that this person is maybe holding you back from you fully growing. Mm. And I think the analogy I would think of is like, if you're that person in the relationship that feels ready to fly like a bird, you're ready to take flight and soar and, you know, see the world and look at things from a, a high perspective. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Step step into the unknown, see something new. And the partner that you're with could be compared to like a dog that's staying on the ground. And you might be there walking alongside them as a bird, being like, come on, come on, you can fly, you can fly, and really truly believing it. But then that's not, not their destiny. Exactly. That mm. person might want to stay on the ground. That person might not want to take to the skies and see new places. They might be happy where they are. And the longer that you are 
with that person and you know staying with them because you might be empathetic you might be like oh i understand your situation i'm going to be i'm going to be with you and essentially in that situation you're people pleasing mm. you're you're holding yourself back but when you can be compassionate you can say all right i understand that this person has a different path for me i'm compassionate towards that and i'm going to be compassionate towards myself as well and do what i need to do to make my life more fulfilling and soar that's beautiful yeah because what also the analogy gave in regards to the boats if you were to throw yourself in you're actually not really helping the situation and it linked the empathy to me with people pleasing because you're almost saying like oh gosh what may they think of me up here i'm safe um i'm not struggling and to be a people pleaser and to also not upset someone and, and you wouldn't want someone to think negatively or not like you because you're in a better situation or, or whatever it may be, you just chuck yourself in. So you sort of like, you fuck yourself over in order to try and people please others. Mm. Whereas like you said, if you're compassionate, you can see it from their perspective and then try and help in a way that doesn't put you at a detriment. Right. Yeah, I love that. It makes me think like, I think empathy is there in both situations, but perhaps in one, it's like empathy linked with guilt. And in the other, it's empathy linked with compassion. And when you're doing it from a place of empathy linked with guilt, you might feel guilty that this person feels that feeling. And as a result, you might feel compelled to feel feel it as well because you're not worthy of like feeling better or anything like that. But when you can be empathetic and compassionate towards yourself and the other person, you can know that you can live your life as well. Because what it also got me thinking about is when you link when we when we're linking um, empathy to people pleasing is that the example of say you're a people pleaser from childhood a lot of the time sometimes uh, people pleasing can come from a survival instinct. I recently have been doing a lot of research and looking into other places that people pleasing can come from, and one of them is as a survival instinct when growing up. It's that when we'll do a whole I'll do a whole other podcast we whomever on. Um, different attachment styles and survival instincts as a child and how that links to your later life. So I won't go too much into it now, but basically you have your dependent person, you're born, you're dependent on someone uh, for everything. You can't do anything. So everything you're doing is to try and get their attention. You're crying because you need something. And if they're not responding to your crying, you'll change the way you do things in a way to get what you need. So then think growing up and perhaps you have a parent who... Um, isn't giving you what you need and you have to change the way you behave in order to get that so they're not unconditionally loving for instance. So you sort of get so used to from a young age perhaps changing your behaviours in a way to mould to someone else's to get what you need. Also it can be looked at for instance if you're from parents who have their own things and problems that they're dealing with that perhaps they're not dealing with in the right way for a child who doesn't understand and say you know for instance your dad comes home angry and then you learn to understand his emotions and understand how to behave and change yours to benefit the situation. So you may start, you know, doubting to him or, or quieting your voice or whatever. Uh, and then actually what this leads to is, this is like, leads you to, to be able to tune into others' emotions, tune into how they're feeling so that you know how to change your own to better that situation. But really what that is, is that's leading to empathy. You're able to like pick up other people's emotions to understand how you can survive in this situation, thus like numbing your own emotions. And then over time, this people pleasing turns into empathy. It turns into tuning so much into other people's that you can, you're like a social chameleon and you can behave and, and change how you feel around who you are around, but ultimately you're not ever in your center and you never understand how you feel. So I really do think that people pleasing links to empathy. And then it also meant for me, this is an example that 
I'm so good at picking up on other people's emotions that it actually becomes a detriment to me because I can pick up, for instance, how you're feeling if you're having a bad day or if you're upset about something. I can feel that and that's not my responsibility to hold and it's it's not your fault. It's me being so much of an empath that I have been so attuned to needing to know how others feel around me so that I don't get a backlash from it. So I can tune into how you're feeling so I can make the situation better to then also please myself. But what this means is in the moment, like it's fine for that day. But like you said, over time, you're putting yourself on such a backbench that you become not your priority anymore. So yeah, I think ultimately I used to think that being empathetic was a superpower, but now I actually think it can be a real disadvantage because I could start resenting you because you're feeling some kind of way and I'm picking up on that and I'm like, oh, Joe's in a bad mood today. I'm in a bad mood today. I don't want to be around Joe, but it's like, no, I just need to take control of not being an empath, not people-pleasing and putting myself first. I love that. I think that's really <laughs> powerful. Like, yeah, I've, I've thought a lot about how when we have people, especially when we're growing up, that are like overly reactive mm. and we have to almost tiptoe around them or act in certain ways, that can actually, as a survival strategy, knock onto our older relationships. And so a lot of the time, you know, because in our childhood or in our teenage years, our job has to, been to be like the mediator and the person that will like calm things down and, and with people please we, we're trying to do that for everyone and as you say that can be so overwhelming especially with the amount of pain and struggle that's in the world if we took all of that on as empaths and we took on the pain I actually think we're then less capable to be able to do anything about it when we're compassionate to the people in the world that are having struggles whether it's in our life or in the wider world we can choose to be able to do something about it rather than you know going with guilty empathy and feeling bad and sort of getting yourself in that motion because I, I just don't think we function as well when we're in states of stress <laughs> and also when we're just thinking about other people all the time and this is something that we spoke about in our conversation like I said that in my experience when I'm trying to make decisions when we're like together because I'm not because I'm like attuned to people pleasing and I'm not necessarily prioritizing myself I will be trying to make the decision based on what's best for you and for me at the same time which like I think is important because we both both want to like cooperate and do things right but I think sometimes when you try and think of what both people want not only might it not be correct what the other person wants you're also not tuning into what you really want mm. and I think that personally something that I want to do going forward is when making a decision or faced with a choice which happens all the time mm. not only in life but especially when we're traveling mm to be able to, to ask myself first, what is it that I want in this situation? And then to be able to say, okay, what do you want to do? And then we, we both figure it out. Do these align? Exactly. If they align, great. And if they don't, what differs? And is there a way we can accommodate both? And if not, where, how do we go forwards? Right. Rather than before we even have a conversation where we could perfectly be in alignment or we could perfectly agree that we want to do separate things, we're just so worried about the other person and then we don't even know what we want and then we just come to it and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And we might even end up making a decision based on what we think the other person right. wants that they don't even want. Right. Like we might be like, okay, do we go to uh, the, the ice cream shop or the chocolate shop? And in our head, we want to go to the ice cream shop, but we know that our partner likes chocolate. So we think, okay, no, yeah. We say to our partner, I think I might want to go to the chocolate shop. And then they're like, oh, okay, yeah, we, you know, we can do that. And they <laughs> and really want to go to the ice cream shop. they want to go to the ice cream shop. But because you didn't tune into your own intuition, you weren't authentic to yourself, 
you then, yeah, it, it makes it worse in the long term. It's, it's all these things come down to like, we often go towards things that are short term mm. and that are easy in the short term, like people pleasing. And immediate gratification is what I'm hearing here too. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Immediate gratification, pleasing the other person, keeping the peace. Mm. When really we need to be thinking about in the long term, is this sustainable? Can I keep compromising on what I want to do and on my life at the expense of myself? Or Can I do... keep going to the ice cream shop? <laughs> do I want to go to the chocolate do... shop? Exactly. And one day I'm going to be so like, do you know what? I want to go to that chocolate shop. And I don't care what you want to do. I'm going there. Do you know what? And I haven't even said anything. But you're like, I'm going to the chocolate shop. And then you go off and I'm like, what's All wrong right. with him? Like, <laughs> right. What was that about? Yeah. Go to your bloody chocolate shop. Yeah. You want to go anyways? <laughs> and then where did that come from? <laughs> or like, you know, you might be on a, on a plane and... You say, oh, no, yeah, you, you take the window seat. That's fine. Like, you know, people <laughs> I feel like pleasing. this one's relevant, guys. Well, no, well, no, no, I don't Trey mind. lets me always have the window seat. <laughs> and I do think, does he want the window seat? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Now I'm becoming conscious of it. I will say if I want the window seat. Oh, no. And I love you having the joy of having the window seat. I don't feel any resentment. But you could see how situations like that would cause people to you know sit there in a bit of a huff like mm. blaming the other person for not listening to their needs like why didn't they ask if i want the window seat you know <laughs> why didn't but, you sit there both going but do you want the window seat no no you have it no but, but do you want it I, I think i'd like you to have it but actually i'd like you to have it <laughs> it's like perpetual people pleasing <laughs> right. right yeah and instead if you can just say i want i would really like the window seat today and your partner's either going to be like, oh, okay, f sure. Or they'll be like, oh, I really want to as well. And then you figure it out. But if yeah. you don't consider what you want first and you don't become aware of what you want first and you put yourself second, you're going to get resentful. It's just, it's bound to happen. Guys, I think we've established here that the trip back to Guatemala, I'll be, I'll be in the aisle. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I've had the window seat in the past four times now. <laughs> mm. The point of the message is... <laughs> Ask yourself when making a decision, especially with someone else you're factoring in, ask yourself first, what do you want? Mm. And you don't have to be stern and say to that person, this is what I want, we're doing this, mm. because that's the other end of being compassionate and the opposite end of people pleasing is narcissism, right? <laughs> <laughs> no one wants a narcissist. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, there's a spectrum and you've got to ask yourself, okay, what do I want? And then communicate. Mm. And uh, I think communication with ourselves and with the person that we're with is so, so, so important. And if you don't communicate those things, if you don't express, then you'll end up repressing and oh, suppressing. Keep going, I like and your And then if you repress, poems. then you get depressed. <laughs> and the longer that you're depressed, the more diseased you are and disease leads to decay. And so it all starts with that split moment decision. Do you want to be your own first priority? Gosh. I love the conscious chats with you, honestly. It's and amazing. It really is. And I love that we are able to have open conscious chats because we both are respectful and we really just want this relationship to thrive. I think so many people are scared of having these difficult conversations because they're worried about it turning into an argument or it ending the relationship. But ultimately, if you're both on the same page, you both just want each other to be happy, but you also want to be happy yourself and you want to go far. This is something that needs to be put in place to have a sustainable relationship. And you just need to come together at the beginning, open the space and say, we'll do a whole other podcast, I reckon, on how, because we, we have what we call vulnerability chats. And we don't do it enough, <laughs> but we try and do it as much as possible. But um, I think it's really beautiful what you're saying as well in terms of communication, because I think 
We really struggle having conversations with other people because we don't actually know what we want because we don't have those conversations with ourselves. And if we don't put ourselves first and have these conversations, get to know ourselves and know what we want, how are we expecting to navigate a conversation with another about what we both want when we don't even know? And it's like a it's like a vicious cycle where if you're people pleasing so much that you don't ask for your own time, you don't have the time to reflect on what you want. Mm. And then when you don't know what you want, you can't communicate that. And then it's like, yeah. Vicious cycle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So we were moving on to, we were holding hands, let's hold hands. <laughs> you said to me that sometimes you feel you need more time. And I said, igualmente, which in Spanish means likewise. And I, I said to you, I, mean, I want you to be able to ask for your, I want to say this on record so everyone can hear it. So I said to you that I want you to be able to ask what, for what you need. I want you to tune in and put yourself first. If you need space, if you need time, if you need whatever, to ask for it, and not to worry about my reaction to it. I am in control of my reactions. You're not in control of my emotions or my reactions. And I actively want to be tested and to be triggered in times because then I know that there's something in me that I need to work on or something that I need to introspect on and, and work out where that trigger is coming from because a lot of people can and I have in the past and I can we all can still do this now you get triggered and then you project and then you you may lash out in some way to the other person not realizing it actually that's coming from within so by you putting up your boundaries by you actively stating what you need if it brings up anything in me that's an active opportunity for me to also work on myself yeah i think it's so beautiful like that we can open that space up and like you said it gives the other person permission to do the same yeah i think it's so powerful and i, I completely agree as well i think in order for a relationship to be healthy and sustainable we need to be able to ask for our own time and to be able to communicate our needs mm -hmm. and that's our responsibility as well and i definitely acknowledge you know my part in not communicating that enough and any triggers that i get from like yeah from the, the the consequences of that whether it's like i don't feel like i have enough time that's my responsibility mm. as well and yeah i think it's really beautiful and I, I completely open and hold that space for you as well to be able to communicate whenever you need whatever you need at any time mm. openly and without judgment and again we will both thank ourselves and each other for that because yeah we we are being authentic we're being ourselves we're giving ourselves the time we need to show up for each other and ourselves and also allowing the other person to do the same and i just think it's really beautiful and that kind of conversation that we're having now is we're not choosing short-term gratification not having this conversation putting it off because it's too difficult or because it's sensitive or we might get triggered having this conversation now is choosing what is meaningful and not is what is expedient and what is mm. short term so it's important yeah. have these conversations people <laughs> <laughs> have these conversations yeah thank you and i think i'd just like to like finalize and summarize and, and say that this very much links to going back to empathy and, compa and being compassionate the reason i also like the, the latter is because we need to be compassionate with ourselves right now and understand that when we're not asking for these things and when we're not actually showing up for ourselves give ourselves a little bit of compassion and see where that's coming from and realize that this is something probably so ingrained could be as early as childhood and it's not something that one conversation is going to solve and it's not something that standing up for yourself one time is going to revolutionize your people pleasing tendencies but it's a step in the right direction and it can be a domino effect and if we constantly have these conscious chats 
slowly and surely, if we're open and honest, then putting ourselves first and not willing to compromise on that. And the last thing that I, I'm going to do another podcast and perhaps we can do this together on our relationships and top tips. But one of them that is very profound is like, as well as putting yourself first, always being willing to walk away is something we've heard and talked about. And it's just this idea of that if something's really not working for you and it's not in alignment, then you're never stuck. You don't have to be stuck. Mm. But it doesn't need to lead to that either. So people may be very scared with that, with communication. And there's always, there's always some kind of compromise. And whether that compromise is us doing a bit of solo travel, it doesn't mean we're going to break up and, you know, we're going to be resentful and hate each other. It just means that we want different things. Let's do a bit of solo travel and then let's come back together again. Mm. Neither one of us needs to compromise. Neither one of us needs to be resentful. And we can love ourselves and love each other. I just thought it's really good that it's sort of come full circle now that we're talking about these chats themselves that like now is the time to put it into practice mm. and uh, that's where the hard part comes in you know, put it into practice and be the example and as you said it's okay if it's challenging it will be because as you said it's deep it's deep-seated and it's difficult and it might be triggering and yeah let's be compassionate with ourselves each other Let's go get an ice cream. I know we spoke about... <laughs> well, actually, I would like to get an ice cream. I would also love to get an ice cream. <laughs> and I know you were talking about it earlier, and I would also like to get one. Amazing. Let's go get an Let's ice cream. Let's go get an ice cream. Well, thank you so much for this conscious chat. Joe Bean, Joe Mations, everyone. It's been my pleasure. <laughs> Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> Literally. We are travelling together. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. And I'll be doing another podcast on people-pleasing, another podcast on conscious relationships, and so much more. Stay tuned. Like we've got a lot deeper to go with this. Yes. A lot deeper. Thank you. Thank you. If you made it this far, thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. I really hope something you heard sparked an insight and I'd be delighted if you were to share it with the community. Don't forget to subscribe, turn on notifications and leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. For more content and to connect with me, head to the link in the description for my socials. Until next time, stay authentic and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. One life I won't regret it I will fight until I get it I'll look back one day from heaven And say damn I learned some lessons And say damn I have no questions I had fun in every second And the journey was a blessing yeah